Hello and welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. I'm Dr. Lauren Council, your Editor-in-Chief. We have another exciting podcast for you today. We hope that you enjoy. Hi, I'm Alex Rosen. And I'm Priyanka Vidak for Dialogues in Dermatology, and we're here with Drs. Lauren Levy and Jonathan Leventhal, and we are going to talk about hot topic of boards, tips, and tricks. Thank you both for being here today. Thank you for having us. Perfect. So to start it off, um, I'm a third-year resident. It's always helpful to hear kind of what you did every year in residency and any resources or tips that you had. Sure. Well, I think for first and second years, it's really important to keep up with reading the primary textbooks, whether you use Bologna's textbook or Andrew's textbook. I think that's really, really important. When it comes to time for studying for the in-service examination, I thought Derman Review was a really great um, resource, both for um, looking at notes, kind of synthesizing things, as well as doing the questions that are online. Um, I agree with everything Jonathan said, as well as looking at all the atlases. So look at a clinical picture and come up with the differential. Everything it can be from something simple like a diaper dermatitis, but also thinking is it a fungal infection or is it LCH? And looking at the clinical clues in every picture that will help you identify what the diagnosis is. Um, Additionally, as a third year, looking at all the JAD CMEs from the past five to seven years um, because they have cutting edge new treatments in those CMEs, good um, details on pathogenesis, which is important for learning both for the boards and for practical clinical advice. Yeah, that's wonderful. So it sounds like early on, kind of setting up the foundation and ground stones of your knowledge in the third year, really honing in on those key tips. Perfect. Great. My next question has to do with specifically, were there any board review courses either at the AAD or outside of the AAD that you would recommend for uh, first, second or third year residents? So um, our residency program traditionally does the board review course uh, at the AAD, the first um, day of the AAD. It's an all-day course, which is wonderful because it has glass slides and about 100 multiple choice questions. Everything is reviewed in detail as well as the differentials for the slides and had a lot of helpful hints. Additionally, a lot of residents do do the Barron's board review course in Chicago. Um, I have not personally done it, but I've heard it's extremely helpful. And again, reviews all of um, dermatopathology with high yield differential diagnosis and cases. Yeah, and I would like to say that there are also now many new and exciting uh, courses and even just lectures at the AAD. There's the Boards Blitz and there's all different types of board review courses that I see are really popular with residents and they're just great for just going over Boards Fodder and High Yield Facts. Yeah, I think a lot of my class has been engaging in those this year and it's been really wonderful. One of the other courses that a bunch of my uh, co-residents and I went to was the Atlanta Path uh, Board Review course. So there's Barron's, which everyone knows about, obviously, but then there's also a really small, intimate path review course in Atlanta, which I don't know if a lot of people know about, and I first learned about it at ODAC which is the Orlando Derm Society meeting, and uh, they mentioned the course there, and I thought that that was a really wonderful course to learn about pathology. You spend two full days there, so that was also another great resource. Wonderful, that's really good to know. From a pathology standpoint specifically, what would you say was the most helpful in getting you both prepared for the pathology part of the boards? So I think keeping up, um, starting you know week one of your first year residency, learning the basics of dermatopathology, and definitely would recommend uh, Dr. Christine Coe's um, diagnosis by first impression because it goes through differentials and things that look similar, um, which is a very um, tricky topic at times and can um, come up often. Additionally, um, I recommend just 
going through as as you get closer to the boards, um, random bl blocks of slides. Um, and lastly, um, just keeping up with differentials, difficult cases, and your clinical work. Yeah, I totally agree with Lauren. I thought it was really helpful when um, us third years before the boards together just went around the microscope and we just took turns going through many glass slides. I know in most of the programs, I'm sure there's plenty of board review boxes, which are super helpful. And I thought that's just really important, especially um, knowing how to kind of navigate the slides, coming up with an impression on low power, and then kind of diving into high power to really um, nail that diagnosis. So I thought that's really helpful to actually practice on slides. We do know that the ABD is moving away from glass slides and more digital slide um, review. Uh, but don't worry, there are um, ways to practice with digital slides. A lot of companies and programs, there are digital slides you can do multiple choice with, as well as programs. The program is pretty user-friendly, so it, it does resemble looking at a glass slide, so it's something that you shouldn't stress over too much. There's also, on that note, um, some really good online pathology review websites that have free uh, registration and you just register for the website and they have uh, access to a bunch of quiz path quizzes that are very relevant and you get familiar looking at pathology slides uh, from a computer screen. And for pathology, um, just make sure you're focusing on things that look similar and how they're different and how you can quickly zoom in and identify what's different in the differential to make the diagnosis. Yeah, that's wonderful. All great tips on how to get that ocular mileage is what everyone's always talking about, <laughs> so I appreciate it. Um, speaking about another topic that I think a lot of us can be overwhelmed by, the concept of genoderms. Any tips on how you got through that section? <laughs> So try to, you know, everything, it's easier if you may have a clinical, if you can sort of recognize what does um, XP look like. Um, so look at a picture of XP and put that in your head and then start breaking it down. What's the gene associated with that? And most importantly, not just memorizing a rote gene, what's the function of that gene and how is that clinical relevant? How does that loss of function of the gene lead to skin cancer? And then sort of learning all the minutia of the clinical findings of it. Because it is important in practice what these patients have to be monitored for with their eyes or their skin. Right, I totally agree, and I think it's important not just to memorize specific genes, but I really think pathways are key in understanding the different pathways and how they lead to the condition, and also, if you understand the role of the pathways and the genes, then you can understand what other extracutaneous findings you can look out for, and also what potential therapeutic targets are out there for them, or maybe down the pipeline, and so pathways are definitely important. Okay, okay, so you guys are geniuses, but <laughs> specifically, were there any really helpful genoderm resources that you use during residency? Um, Spitz um, is a great um, simple book to use because it's one page or two pages on every uh, genoderm, and it sort of breaks down what the um, mutation is and what each of the clinical and systemic findings are. I think one of the new books that's recently come out too is the Genoderms Made Ridiculous, which tries to kind of link it into a way. Um, it's nice, it's kind of talking about how to memorize kind of these abstract concepts in a way that's really memorable to you by making it kind of a little crazy um, mm -hmm. and helping it stick out in your mind. The author of that book that you're referring to goes to the Orlando Derm Society, I believe, every year and does a small little board review course. And I think that all of the residents that went to the ODAC conference this year got free books. You know, you take a look for that book the next time you guys see it out there. You can so the next question we have regarding boards, tips, and tricks 
is related to which resources you found to be incredibly helpful, board review specific, that you use to study for the boards, and also when in your residency you started to use those books. Right. So I think the primary textbooks are always like the place to start, and you always want to keep up with the readings and the tables. But I think specific to board review, I'd say probably be around six months before the boards, um, really going over in depth some board review books. And one that I like is Dermatology Illustrated Study Guide and Comprehensive Board Review by Sima Jane. I thought that book was nice because it not only outlines um, things as well, but it has many color images, and I'd often take notes on things um, just to supplement the notes in the book. Dermatology in Review also has an outline um, book that you can also use as a source and they also have great um, questions online. Um, another um, resource that many like is Alicon's Review of Dermatology which is also an outline form but has color pictures in it um, and of course um, the Derm and Review questions are great and I, I recommend doing the questions while studying for the in-service during your first year just to get an idea of what um, the test writers are looking um, to test you on and so you have an idea how to frame yourself as well as you know using Jane to study, Seema Jane's book to study for your first and second year in service. Um, third year, I would recommend switching to more of atlases to supplement the knowledge base. So looking at every derm atlas that's available. Um, Andrews now has a atlas that goes along with the textbook, um, Duvivier atlas, and as well as all the pictures in Bologna um, to sort of really get clinical images. And lastly, I will say that uh, Dr. Levelville and I are editors of a board review textbook that will be coming out in the next um, year or so, um, which really focuses on a clinical review and that applied knowledge section of the boards. Right. And I think that's really important um, for um, residents who are taking the boards to know that the applied knowledge section has really kind of become an integral part of the examination. And so what that means is rather than just um, questions testing basic knowledge, a lot of it's going to be case-based scenarios and how would you approach the patient and many times multiple answers are actually acceptable because in real life practice there are multiple ways of approaching a patient and so I think really being confident with your clinical training and using new resources like Dr. Levy and I's uh, uh, textbook that's coming out I think will hopefully be helpful. No, that's wonderful. It's good to hear that there's some new resources as well. And speaking of more boards tips, so are there any apps or question banks that you guys refer to apart from the German Review? I personally did not use any apps. I'm a little bit old-fashioned, so I do like a good old-fashioned um, textbook and paper. But um, I know some colleagues did make Kodachromes in flashcards um, through an app um, on the iPhone, and then you can quiz yourself and not know what the answer was. Um, and you can just do that you know, while you know, walking to work or um, to get through differentials. Right. And the New England Journal, um, you can also look at all the different uh, clinical image quizzes. And I think those are really good Kodachromes and pretty high yield as well. That's good to know. Thank you. Uh, there are a few um, QBank apps, but keep in mind that the German Review, Review book that Dr. Leventhal mentioned also comes with a, a question bank. So those questions are wonderful, and, and what's really nice is it links to where you can find the answer and the discussion within the Dermatology in Review uh, resource book. So that's a really good resource for questions. Dr. Levy also mentioned the JAD CME articles, which don't forget, those have two CME style questions uh, at the end of all of the articles, and those are great resources for um, some more questions. Um, 
I would like to add, um, when you're reading through Bologna, um, more specifically, rather than Andrews, the tables can be um, important to look at because that really is where you get your differential diagnosis and some key clinical cues that may come up that may be um, not mentioned in the textbook. So sort of going through tables are helpful. That being said, on that topic, so specifically, are there any hot topics, hot tables in Bologna or hot topics that you remember from you know, taking the boards not too long ago that maybe you wish you had studied a little bit more in detail or that you were surprised were emphasized on the boards as much as they were or things to just not forget to study that are still relevant board questions. So I think hot topics definitely include new therapeutics. I think it's really important for graduating residents to get a good handle on, and they're also starting to show up on the boards as well. So new classes of medications like JAK inhibitors, which are frequently used in dermatology. Um, There's so many new targeted and immune therapeutic medicines that are used for melanoma and other cancers, and cutaneous toxicities, I would say, are a real hot topic. So know them well. Um, Other things to focus on that um, you may have neglected in residency is billing um, and coding of um, your office visits and procedures. Um, That's something that may come up and is actually pretty practical for real life practice. Um, Don't forget cosmetics, um, lasers, sclerotherapy, chemical peels um, is something to focus on if you didn't have a lot of training um, in residency. Just make sure you learn the different procedures as well as the complications. That's a really wonderful uh, topic to bring up, Dr. Levy, and I wanted to remind everyone, since we didn't mention it earlier, is the Surgery Primer from the ASDS is a really great resource for aesthetics, surgery, and for all of the topics that residents may or may not get covered during their training, and they also have questions at the end of every section, and it's broken down by surgical techniques, um, aesthetics, even sclerotherapy, which I remember was on, so there were definitely some questions on sclerotherapy on our boards, and you can learn a little bit about sclerotherapy uh, in the ASDS surgery primer. And residents definitely get access to the ASDS surgery primer for free. So that's a really great resource as well. I use that resource several times. You can read it within like two hours and it's broken down. It's actually written by colleagues at Yale. Um, So I do really recommend that book. Um, Just log on to ASDS to get it. Um, If you're not that strong in surgery or feel like you need some freshers, especially with those complications of the cosmetic procedures you may not see, it's all in there. Perfect. And then kind of branching off of that, do you guys have any other study tips on like practical things that we can do or ways that we can study? I thought that group studying was very helpful. I know everybody's different, but I remember when I was studying for the boards, all of us would get together. We would go over codachromes and test each other. We would put together um, differential diagnoses and really learn those well. And I thought that studying in groups, you can learn from others. And that's, just, that's been a really great um, way that we studied and was successful. Yeah, that's <laughs> We <great>. all passed. <laughs> I agree with Jonathan, um, and I think you know doing a little bit every week or every day is better than cramming for this sort of exam. Dermatology is very specific; it's very detail oriented. So I think the, the earlier you start, um, the better. I'm not saying you know study for seven hours a day starting in January, but you know doing maybe an hour every night of reading you know one chapter, one section to get through is definitely um, I think a better idea than just waiting till you know the last month before the boards for this type of test. I definitely agree. I came from a big residency program and I remember some of us started fellowship right away and others uh, were studying uh, outside of fellowship. Um, We're studying for the uh, boards and not working and what was really helpful is we had a text chain so we couldn't always get together in groups but we had a text chain and so when anyone ever had a question the question would go to our 
text shade and within five seconds you had multiple answers it led to a discussion and I remember some of the things that we even brought up in those text messages came up as relevant board related topics so whether you can get together in a group or not always reach out to your friends your co-residents because you know everyone's going through it together and you want to make sure that you know, you're studying the relevant uh, topics and that if you have a question, you know, you might not want to spend an hour trying to find the answer and someone that you know really well might already have that answer or have studied that topic. And kind of on that note, maybe what you guys would say leading up to uh, studying for the boards, what kind of emotionally and mentally were you surprised at and like really what got you through the, the long haul of studying for the boards? knowing there was an end in sight and hopefully at the end of the test you'll be a board certified dermatologist after about like 25 years of schooling it was over so that sort of got you through and also just knowing all that clinical training that you've had for the past three years in dermatology you would be able to use on your own once you're done Mm -hmm. I totally agree and knowing that you know everyone we're all kind of in this together and I thought that was really helpful and kind of boosting morale and lifting each other's spirits when we were down or teaching each other things that you know some were stronger on than others I thought that was also helpful Something that I also uh, took to heart was that this is your one opportunity to really study and take the boards right in third year. And if you're someone who likes to cook or if you're someone who um, likes to exercise, that you still make time for the things that you really enjoy doing. So make sure that you're going for a run if you need to, or you're gonna take a night off and spend it with a significant other or a group of friends because you need to still make time for the things that are a mental relaxer and a stress reliever and don't forget those aspects of studying. That mental break is equally as important as the hours that you're putting in during the day. Yeah, that's super helpful to get your tips on just that balance between those two. I think it's really nice to hear. Um, Lauren, specifically to you, since you had a baby in your third year of residency, maybe you can talk to some of the people, men and women in residency, about how you balanced having a young child um, towards the end of a very difficult year and, and what was helpful for you. Um, first of all, outsource as much as you can so you can get some studying done. And then just accepting the fact for six months, you might be staying up a little bit later at night after the baby or your children go to sleep. And then on weekends, you know, being able to spend some time, maybe going to a birthday party with your kid, but then make sure you make yourself dedicated time to sit down for a few hours on the weekends to study. One other hot topic I was wondering if you guys thought was relevant to ask about was um, contact derm. A lot of people struggle with contact dermatitis, the names and, and all the different um, uh, groups of contact derm. Uh, did you find that studying really heavily that topic was helpful or um, what are your thoughts on that? I think contact dermatitis is, is high yield. I think reviewing sort of the allergens of the year um, might be helpful for the last 10 or so years. And I think just kind of together, when you think about contact derm, think about ways that they're clinically relevant. So what are the types of uh, things that people are exposed to, whether they're plants or rubber shoes um, or, or blue textile dyes, deodorants, that can lead to contact dermatitis. And I think thinking about it that way makes it more enjoyable than just memorizing lots of names. And there are quite a few uh, resources for contact dermatology as well. And um, many times the primary textbooks um, have gray tables. Dr. Bologna has a lot of great tables about irritant and allergic contact dermatitis, and so do many of the board review books as well. Great, thanks for that. So our last question for the two of you today is related to 
A few days leading up to the boards, you know, the travel and, and all the details related to it. So that's a really good point. So I think um, planning your flight and hotel way ahead of time to make sure that you get there. Um, many times uh, residents will get there a, a day or two early, which is nice so they don't feel very rushed taking an, a plane the night before in case there's any uh, weather systems that cause a delay. Um, don't forget to register for the boards. Um, definitely keep track of when those deadlines are. And um, I think um, you want to get a good night's sleep if possible the night before. Um, I remember um, before I took the boards, we all kind of got together the day before just to go over some high yield topics, but we didn't go too crazy. Um, just try to be confident in all the studying you've done. And then the actual day of the boards, um, bring some snacks. You could put it away in the locker. Um, in between sections, you might be able to take a break, which I think is very helpful rather than just going through multiple sections and hours of test taking at a time. If you do have a little break, um, use the facility, give yourself a mental break to you know, take a few deep breaths, relax in between sections, have a snack. So that's kind of my day of advice. I agree. Those are really wonderful tips. Uh, regarding the food that Dr. Leventhal mentioned, uh, there's some food options around the hotel in Tampa, but this might sound silly. I packed fresh slices of bread and peanut butter and jelly, and I brought them with me to my hotel room, and I made my own lunch the day of the exam because I knew what I was comfortable eating, and don't always assume that you're gonna be able to get like a great lunch or easy access to food. So really thinking about what you eat during test-taking days. So come a little bit more prepared than you might realize but know that uh, you do have time during the day to eat and to make a lunch, and, and it is really not such a time-stressed day. You have time in the day to eat and take a little bit of a breather. There is a Starbucks across from the hotel. I think it opens at 5, so there's time to get Starbucks if you're a big coffee person before, and there's a CVS um, a block away that you can get for snacks, um, and in the hotel lobby, there's a concession stand which had bananas and yogurt and coffee as well. So I think that's very covered. Um, and just during the test, remember check your answers, don't rush, make sure everything's filled out. Um, don't leave questions blank. It's better to answer something than leave it blank. Um, and make sure you know everything's filled in, um, even if it's a guess. And trust um, your training. <laughs> Great tips, Lauren, thank you. The last thing I was gonna say is if you're not a good sleeper and you really do need a little bit of an extra night, just like Dr. Levy said, but even think about bringing your own pillowcase or your own pillow to the hotel room. Request a room away from the elevator just so that you're not necessarily close to people making a lot of noise. I remember the elevator was really loud in the hotel and I had a lot of trouble sleeping the night before the exam, whether it was nerves or the elevator, who knows, but things like that, things that are gonna make you get a great night's sleep go to bed early but not too early that you're up in the middle of the night and just enjoy and what my father always said when I was getting ready to take a big test is you've done all the hard work you've put in the time now go have fun and show what you know so remember that this is not the last test you're gonna take but the last test for 10 years and enjoy it enjoy showing all that you've learned and all that you're passionate about and have fun Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Well, that's it for Dialogues in Dermatology, uh, tips and tricks for the boards. We want to thank Dr. Leventhal and Dr. Levy for taking the time to be here today. And we'll be sure to make sure that all the residents get access to this really, really important Dialogues in Dermatology podcast. The American Academy of Dermatology offers many resources to help residents prepare for the board exam. Some of the resources the Academy provides are Board Prep Plus, 
an online question bank with over 1,000 questions that follows the format of the American Board of Dermatology's board exam. Annual meeting sessions, such as High Yield Power Hour for residents, which is designed for dermatology residents who seek to achieve a comfort level with five high yield topics encountered during training. Resident Jeopardy, which allows you to join your colleagues for self-assessment through this popular, fun, and engaging game show format. Dermatopathology Slide Review, that includes virtual dermatopathology slides. And Conquer the Boards, a full-day course that provides hands-on experience with a simulated, shortened version of the ABD exam. These resources and many more can be found at www.aad.org forward slash members forward slash residents dash and dash fellows dash resource dash center.